Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Vulnerability Hangover. I'm your host, Nikki, and this is... I'm Asha Kristen. I'm a hairstylist. Did her hair. <laughs> yeah, I know, and we look like we're twins. I know, us. it's because I did mine a little bit the same. It's so. perfect. I love it. <laughs> this episode is going to be for mainly the single women that are out there or people who are navigating the medical field and how to really grow with a past significant other. And I'm really excited for this episode. I think a lot of people are going to relate to it and be receptive to it. Let's get into the affirmation of today. Do you have an affirmation for us? Yes. All people are inherently good until they give you a reason. When you experience so much abuse and shit like that, it's easy to see people as someone that's going to hurt you or something to guard yourself from. And I learned this with my son's father. We'll get into it. But honestly, you don't even have to forgive. That's something I also learned. You can move on and free yourself from pain from other people without forgiving. You can literally hate people until the day you die, but it's how you let it affect you. That's what I learned. <laughs> I 100% agree with that. Yeah. 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 I always say you don't have to forgive someone in order to heal yourself. I think healing comes within and other places and that's a form of oppression that I feel like society has taught women especially. Yeah, to... we like have to forgive. It's like, mm -hmm. no, we don't. No. They did what they did. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> like yeah, what you Leo Skeppy says. There are plenty of fish in the sea, and that includes friends and family. Yeah. Like, you can pick your own family, you can pick your own friends, mm -hmm. relationships, all that. It's not that easy, but it's not also not hard to give respect like, yeah. at all. <laughs> it's yeah. not hard to be a good person. Yeah. So, what are we drinking today? Okay, this is just stash tea. It's Moroccan mint it's and so the licorice spice. I love it. Tea bag. I do one in one in my little, it's like for two people, teapot. Sweet. We oh. got the tea today. Yeah, we do have tea. <laughs> Always. Oh, all the tea. Awesome. Cheers to that. Cheers. Yay. I am so ready for this. Alrighty, let's get into it. Okay. So where should we start? I was not ready to have a baby when I got pregnant. I definitely didn't know his dad well enough to be able to say that I was comfortable having his child, but <clears throat> I was really lost. I've had really bad issues with addiction, not just myself, but my mom, my dad. I had a really rocky childhood, didn't have a lot of support. It wasn't until I had a kid that I actually got some support from family. Having a kid, I think, does that. But after I had him, or when I got pregnant, is actually when I got into beauty school because I had literally no direction. I was serving. I was doing blow to get through my shift. I was doing the damn thing. I was up all night all the time, just abusing my body constantly. But then I met his dad, and this is where the narcissistic pull happened. Also, my mother is a narcissist. So when mm -hmm. I see that, I get hard eyes. I love a narcissist. And I think it's really just the confidence and it's really just a facade. But he was in a graduate program for global business. So he was getting a master's degree. And I am someone who never went to college. So I got into trade because mm -hmm. he made me feel like I was a loser, I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah. I was like a bartender, a server. I just didn't really have any credentials, and he did. So when I got pregnant, 
I saw his career and his drive and his ambition as like a green light to maybe try to start a family with him. Bad idea, obviously. It was like very textbook narcissistic abuse. He was finishing in Arizona and we met in Seattle. He convinced me when I got pregnant to move everything down to Arizona. I even sold my car. So I did not realize that this was an isolation tactic. I gave up my means of transportation. I gave up like access to all family and friends. I just was alone. Um, I ended up living with him for a year. And the whole time I was with him, it was that toxic. I can smell something's up. I'm looking through his phone, finding things, just the typical bullshit. But yeah, so he was definitely cheating on me. I didn't know how bad until I had moved in with him. He was the only person I was sleeping around with. And eventually, when I moved in with him down in Phoenix, I contracted herpes while I was pregnant with him. I'm very open about that. I think people should be open about it. Mm -hmm. There's like a huge stigma around but at the time i'm pregnant with my first child i'm away from home i'm scared and i'm sad because i'm being cheated on and i was just under so much stress and i found out that my son ajani he had something called gastroschisis when we went in for our gender reveal and I canceled my party. I was so devastated because I didn't know what to expect. They had to give me best and worst case scenario. And the worst case was actually what eventually happened, unfortunately. But at the time, I was in so much distress from being isolated. From the moment I moved into our house with him, we were sleeping in separate rooms. Put it in perspective. Like, I was grossed out by him because I was seeing what he was saying to these other girls and just seeing how little he valued me as a person. And I'm, like, carrying his kid. Looking back, in retrospect, it was only, like, it was under, God, it was a year and a half that we were doing that back and forth, and he was doing it from the day I met him, so it's not like I had really anything to hold on to, so it was really easy for me to be like, I'm out. Mentally and physically, I'll do anything to get away from you, but I think the stress that he put me under really messed up my kid I really do think that I hate to say that I don't like to guilt trip him I have a heart I don't like people to feel pain even people that put me through pain so saying that definitely is like I don't know for sure but part of me thinks that's like a thing but when he was born his intestines were outside his body and his stomach had closed on them so the blood flow was restricted and so they had to be removed so 90% of his small intestines were removed which if you know anything about gut anatomy, your small intestines is where you absorb everything for you to grow and gain weight and all that. So no matter what we did, we tried putting smoothies inside his G-tube. He had a G-tube placed when he was born so that we could feed him that way. But he is on IV nutrition, basically 24-7. Not 24-7, but that's his 100% of his nutrition. He's on it for 14 hours a day, every single day. And if he's not on it, he could go into a diabetic coma, from what I understand the doctors have told me. But since that happened, I was thrown into the role of not just a mom, a single mom, 
who's leaving a narcissistic abusive relationship to put it all in perspective long story short if you've ever seen the gabby petito case and that like that footage the police footage mm-hmm. of him like finessing the cops that was like every exchange um anytime i had to call the cops on him it was mm-hmm. like this hysterical woman and when i found out about that case I was watching and seeing everything it was so eerily similar and not only that but my son's father's ex is actually a really good friend of mine now because she went through pretty much the same thing so funny how that works it's like it's a cycle yeah (laughs) yeah i know it's if it doesn't get checked it gets repeated and this girl that he dated luckily broke his heart enough for him to figure out what therapy was (laughs) it took only five years now my son being alive for him to realize that's what he needs but yeah so while we were in phoenix i had postpartum depression johnny was in the nicu for three months i won't say his name baby daddy he had a a car that was worth fifteen thousand dollars and he sold it to someone for cash he got 15 grand and this was while our son was in the nicu and he spent that 15 grand on a brand new sports car Mind you, I had sold my car to go live in Phoenix with him, so I didn't have a car. And I thought that when he sold that car, he would maybe buy two commuter cars. It's not that much. But no, he was like, why would I buy you a car? That was his way of thinking. And I'm like, okay, we clearly are not a team at all. He would financially abuse me, not give me any money. I didn't have a job. That's partially why I got into beauty school. I was like, I need something to do to get away from him and keep my brain occupied. And honestly, the girls down in my beauty school, shout out all you bitches in Arizona. I fucking love you. (laughs) You guys kept me sane for real. Like they threw me a baby shower. They threw me a birthday party at the school when he did nothing for me. It was like living with a bad roommate. And he was mind blown that I was leaving him. Too. When Ajani came home from the hospital, we had to learn how to set up his IV from the nursing staff and how to do all these medical things. Like he couldn't get cleared from the NICU until we were cleared by nurses. So we had to study mm-hmm. how to get our son out of the hospital. And that was honestly the scariest shit of my entire life because the only knowledge I have of IVs is an air bubble goes in there and you could die. So I'm thinking my brand new baby that's a preemie, I have to connect him to an IV and trust that there's no air in the line and trust that I didn't touch my hand on the entry site and get germs in there. Cause if you get germs in his line, he gets a blood infection and that winds us in the hospital for up to 14 days. It's usually 10 to 14 days to clear an infection. And not only that, but they don't feed you. So you have to pay to eat while you're there. There's just a lot. Learning his IV. Yeah, good Lord. That was a lot. Because not only that, when the IV is placed, it's permanent. And you got to keep it dry. It's like having a cast. And it's right on the front of your chest. Oh my God. I'm living in hyper alert trauma survival mode. Trying to keep my kid alive medically. (laughs) And keep my mental health up. Because my aunt was the one who saved me from my ex she's literally an angel sent from fucking god i don't even know (laughs) where she came from but she's not even blood related to me but i had called her because she's a lawyer and my baby daddy he kept threatening me trying to threaten to take the kid from me if i left him 
just threatening all this horrible stuff. He even called CPS on me a couple times after I left. And so I called her for advice and she offered to let me and my son live with her at her house in her basement. And she's a lawyer, so she has good money and literally got me through beauty school. She paid for my childcare to get through beauty school. And I offered his dad split custody if he came to Portland where my aunt lives. This is literally the reason I live here. I'm from Seattle, so she saved my life and basically helped me put roots in the ground. But I offered him split custody. He, to this day, will say that I took his kid and ran, that I um, just wanted money. That's all I wanted. When really it was like, I'm exhausted. I'm going to school every day and trusting that this person, my aunt, is paying to watch our medically fragile son. I'm trusting them to feed him through his G2 because we were on like a strict schedule with that. All this shit. Stuff that a nurse should be doing, but I don't have the support to do that. I don't know where to look or what to do. And that's another thing I was going to talk about is the nurses and the social workers They're great, but they're just not educated enough on how to deal with domestic violence or how to make someone feel safe. They just call CPS and expect that you're going to tell your story, that you're being abused by somebody. I'm not putting blame on anybody. I had CPS called on me twice while we were in the NICU for domestic violence because of how he was speaking to me in front of nurses. Our history is dark and fucked and you'd never guess that to this day how we are able to interact now and how we're able to actually co-parent but it took holding boundaries and it took digging my fucking heels in or metaphorically (laughs) digging my heels in i can't give in to you wanting to just look at your son over a facetime call from wherever you want to live and then not change a diaper not pay for diapers not pay for food he didn't send me a dime of child support or help he called CPS on me a few times. His brother called CPS on me. That's a whole other... His family's the poster child for toxic masculinity. And I even say that about his mom. Toxic masculinity does not just affect men. No, <laughs> Women are very good at upholding that shit. I even said to his mom, I was like, shame on you for raising these little monsters (laughs) and that's my son's grandma so we don't have a great relationship but he doesn't have a great relationship with his own family all of my son's father's family they all live in ohio so he's just floating wherever he wants to live and right now he lives by my family in seattle it's taken everything in me to forgive him and co-parent honestly had we not gone to court and he paid for the best lawyer to fight me i didn't have a lawyer of course my aunt who is a lawyer she does real estate so she couldn't she had no idea what was going on with our case So I basically, I just went in it super honest. I told my story. I told them, I tried to get a restraining order, but because he was in another state and all these weird rules and laws that don't make any sense, I could not get one. I got a temporary one until our court case happened. A lot of women that I talk to are afraid to go to court with their baby daddy. But if I had any advice for women dealing with shitty partners or shitty baby fathers take that motherfucker to court do it even if it's not completely in your favor it puts something down in paper that holds him accountable because you can't hold 
your abuser accountable if that is the case. They'll never let you. The only people who can are the people who actually uphold the law. And the moment we went to court, he dropped a shit ton of money on a lawyer and trying to serve me papers. It was really petty there for a second. I'm not going to lie. I dodged being served a few times. But once we went to court and talked to a judge, at least here in Oregon, the judges only care about the kid. And it really makes you center your attention and focus back to the kid. My parents divorced when I was 18. So I watched them grow up my whole life. Like I was their white picket fence baby that was planned. I'm the firstborn. And so I watched a monogamous heterosexual relationship just crumble and burn like my entire childhood. It was just weird. They were together for 26 years and still they've been divorced now for over 10 years, 11 years now, and they still can't speak or be in the same room without it being documented through an email. They can't be face to face to Mm -hmm. exchange the kids. It's wild to me. And it was always just so painful because they divorced when I was 18 and the first time that they saw each other in person after they had divorced all messy was at my graduation. (laughs) Like, this is so awkward. So I never, ever want my son to feel that. It's miserable because those are the people that model your attachment style. (laughs) Like, they're the people that teach you literally everything. And if they're constantly fucking up, um, it's really hard for you to pick anyone that's good for you. (laughs) It wasn't just their divorce that fucked me up. Like, my mom is a really bad alcoholic slash narcissist will put her boyfriends and alcohol before any of her kids but then she'll get us all in the same room and take a picture and put it on facebook look at all my beautiful kids so i learned to be attracted to that because my dad was really checked out my dad suffers with really bad mental health he was living with my grandma a lot of my life because he was just stressed out by my narcissistic mom who abused him I didn't really realize until I was older my dad gave me a book on narcissistic abuse in 2008 to read because he knew it was literally called what to expect being raised by a narcissist narcissism has become so normal and it's almost like a buzzword yeah it's almost like anyone who has self-confidence is all of a sudden a narcissist but it's and anyone who lies to you is a gaslighter it's like that's not it Gaslighting is a really malicious tactic that fucks you up, constantly makes you question your reality. I'm 29 years old and I still am building a sense of self. I don't even know who the fuck I am sometimes. (laughs) Also, possibly being undiagnosed autistic. Uh, I am ADHD. There's also that. Narcissistic people are just really hurt and it's taken so many years of meeting so many different kinds and seeing how their stories all line up and relate to each other. It's all stems from terrible parents. So that's what helped me understand my baby daddy. I know how bad his parents are. I understand and empathize. But like I said, some things are unforgivable. My mom, for instance, is my deepest, darkest wound because of the narcissism. To put it in perspective, I told her that I was sexually assaulted and she just stared blankly at me what and then diverted the conversation to something about her and it was very callous i was trying to confide in her as my mom almost as an experiment because she's always been cold not really given a fuck and i was like i've never told her this but i want to open up to her 
and tell her. And the reaction I got was not surprising, but disappointing. Still painful. Yeah, it's like still painful. Not only that, but when I was a teenager, I told my dad I was suicidal and he laughed at me. So both of my parents have deeply rejected me from the time I was very small. And then they had three more kids. <laughs> they just did a world of pain to me and my siblings. Me and my siblings barely get along. My one brother, I don't speak to at all. My mom's pitted us all against each other. And it's just a tough fucking mess. And, and honestly, dealing with my baby daddy, refreshing now. Because his parents were terrible and my parents were terrible. But we both see our son and how vulnerable he is and how fragile he is and what he really needs from us and his dad has confided in me about his own mental health and his own progress and actually apologized to me oh that's really big and it was a acceptable apology so that was fucking huge for me because my mom will never apologize and i put my son's father in the same boat i was like he will never own up to anything he's ever done (laughs) and that's fine you know what screw it the one thing he did oh my god he moved into our house in phoenix a month before me and i thought that was weird i had to stay in seattle for another month while he set our house up because he didn't want me to lift things when i was pregnant i thought that was odd but i didn't think anything of it until six months later when i was getting snoopy i looked through his laptop and i found a homemade porn of him and some random girl in our bed in our house that we got to bring our kid into the earth into yeah (laughs) he was fucking her raw without a condom that was a month before i moved in which was when i got herpes Mm -hmm. i'm like I have video evidence you were fucking other people mm-hmm. without protection. And you did that while I was pregnant. That's wild to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing like that I was able to just fuck it. I know I'm the baddest bitch you're ever going to get. And his friends have told him that too. <laughs> I'm not even mad about it. Honestly, like my son, he's had a really good life since we've left. I've been way less miserable. It's been a growing experience, but I rejected that shit from the get. I will not get trapped with a man that is going to make me feel icky every single day. (laughs) Not only just with the cheating, but with the blatant disrespect and forgetting your birthday too. Small things like that. I have a man now that literally wakes me up with fucking coffee in the morning for no reason. Not for any goddamn reason. And like, I finally found that. And that's the thing. It takes forever. Dating sucks. And the trauma that comes from dating these broken humans sucks but it's super important to understand them and understand yourself and really know when to push back because if you don't have boundaries with people they will take a fucking mile and they'll continue doing it it's not just with romantic partners it's with friendships friendships will walk all over you too it just sucks because i don't know i just want everyone to be fucking happy i just want everyone to get along but people can't be honest with themselves that's a thing i've noticed is honesty is really scary we run from the truth and we drink our pain away and smoke it away i have the worst problem with weed still but i quit alcohol three years ago because i just need to get clear but then i started fogging up with weed so it's always it's a constant battle it's constantly going uphill <laughs> but, but you're learning and yeah going. but it's worth it it takes prayer or meditation or manifesting whatever you want to call it it really you have to believe you have to have faith whether that's in god whether that's in the universe yourself 
it's important there's a reason religion exists and spirituality exists mm -hmm. like humans need faith and we need to believe that something better is out there 100%. and i know there's something better out there and anything bad that comes into your circle is just a lesson yeah and it's unfortunate but it's the quicker you learn the quicker you learn to cut people out people will be like oh you're so rigid with your boundaries no fuck people well, if they say that it's, then you're not they're not benefiting be they're not yeah. benefiting from you not yeah. having boundaries what do you think that you learned from that experience with your son's father how does that affect your relationship to this day honestly because my mom was a super bad narcissist and he knows that. it was the thing that he would like use over my head your family hates you but, like would try yeah. and put me down but now that i've got the power back like i won in court i got full custody i get child support so now i'm satisfied because that's all i asked from him was support i just need either money or i need you to live close and change a diaper but because of that because i feel satisfied now that helped me move on so there's a lot of people that can't really get to there because everyone's situation is different but that's why i recommend court honestly it helps organize everything in a way where they can't gaslight you manipulate you whatever lie to you you're all held accountable and that's what's helped me is because a lot of narcissistic abuse and gaslighting is making you think that your reality is not real yeah and in a court validates your reality so as scary as it is get your ass in court take him to court yeah. even if you have a good relationship with them you still have something in writing in case anything bad happens yeah, you just never know. yeah and it's basically free they make it free as not supportive as the system is going in there they do at least here in portland the multnomah county they have someone at a desk that actually will sit you down and explain the paperwork. They legally can't suggest anything. They can be like, okay, what you're looking for here, fill this out here. And it makes it really easy. Like you don't really need a lawyer, especially if you're honest. That's what I always tell people, just live with integrity because mm -hmm. nothing will ever catch back up to you if you're honest. And that's what I did the whole time. I lived with my aunt, I was in school. I was literally just living as honestly as I could. and doing my best that's all you can do yeah and it looked good to the court i had nothing to hide he didn't have dirt on me i had all the dirt on him mm -hmm. but i didn't have a lawyer to clap back at him the way he yeah. was trying to me but that's because we like finally came to terms with what we were doing he lives in seattle we live here and we meet halfway along i-5 every other week and i give him to his dad for the weekend it took some adjusting it's been a year that we've been doing it now we haven't had one fight maybe one we had one little like escalation but he very quickly de-escalated it and even tried to give me a hug i was like well okay this is different when you give people chances to grow or space to grow and room to grow they will do it they may not be perfect no one's perfect i do a lot of self-reflection and i see narcissism in myself a lot i am really vain i like people looking at me i like that kind of shit it's the leo rising i know my mom is a leo rising too so that's the thing and isn't she a gemini or no she's an aries she's an aries with a gemini yeah. moon yeah girl and a gemini venus I love my mom too. I still love her and that's the thing is like I will have conversations with her but my whole family's really dysfunctional because of her yeah and it's really it all boils down to a lot of the decisions she made mm -hmm. mistakes she made so I try 
so fucking hard. My stepmom sees it too. She's like, I just see how hard you try with your mom. You like really try to keep her in your life. I invite her to come visit me all the time. She has not once come to Portland to visit me. So it's just like, I try, but it's not worth it. Yeah. It's just, you got to love her at a distance. Yeah. And it's, it reminds me of the Jeanette McCurdy book, The Girl from iCarly. Her book, I'm Glad My Mom Died or something. She got a lot of scrutiny for that, but people don't understand that when your main source of love and comfort is rejecting you and abandoning you and abusing you when they die there's this almost relief that's from what i can understand like i imagine my mom dying all the time it does not make me proud she's always the victim but that's been the problem is my mom got pregnant at 40 and she already had three other kids and i was the oldest taking care of her new baby yeah I had no childhood because of her and yeah we could get into that but honestly narcissism hits deep and the gaslighting hits really fucking deep my mom has done that to me since I was really little and it has instilled so much rage I am an angry bitch I have family members that have told me they're scared to talk to me because I'm so like blunt and abrasive I'm not trying to hurt your feelings so how rare is Ajani's, would you call it a disease or a condition? How rare is his condition? I don't really know the statistics because it's mm-hmm. just, his condition is short bowel, so mm-hmm. it's a syndrome, but he has intestinal failure, technically, medically speaking, because the gastroschisis is the intestines developing outside the body. And from them developing an amniotic fluid, they are damaged. So yeah. even the remaining intestines that are there don't absorb properly. So he has a G-tube, but because he just doesn't absorb, even if we put stuff in the G-tube, it just comes like right up. It's either diarrhea or throwing up. And it's just uncomfortable. And for the first two or three years of his life, it was just him miserable literally looked like he was gonna die i like look at pictures and it makes me Mm -hmm. so i'm like i was watching my son die through the entire lockdown and people were worried about toilet paper and there's like the perspective thing i was just like holy shit fragile too like being exposed to something like that and i didn't have a car i just had a stroller and it was the pandemic and we lived in a one-bedroom apartment that was 500 square feet with two windows no balcony like i couldn't go outside jail jail literally jail i would go to the cemetery with him in the neighborhood because all the parks were closed and he was so small at the time i would have to carry him if i didn't have the stroller is there anything you want to add to or give advice for women who are going through that type of situation the only advice that honestly is just don't give up really don't give up and just keep asking for help ask for help everywhere family you don't think will help you ask for help because I learned that my pride got in the way a lot and I'm sure I could have benefited from asking sooner it sucks that it takes things getting physical and the police being called an explosion for you to finally be like I'm done with this bullshit the way that I got myself out of it I was just, I just, I detested him. Mm -hmm. I was so disgusted by him. And my situation is so much different than, say, somebody who's been with someone for 10 years and they find out this. I can't even imagine. So I'm not like someone to give advice on all that. But whether you've been with them for 10 months, 10 years, however long, you can still leave. 
Even if you're in your fucking 60s, 70s, girl, that's your prime. A lot of people I have do. two besties that are 71 and 72, and they love their fucking life. They're like, I don't got no man. I'm chilling. <laughs> One of them just broke up with their boyfriend because they're like, I don't like this fool anymore. My <laughs> peace is so much more. They're just mad chilling now, and I respect that. But another thing is I've had to learn not to be so hateful to men. That is something that is so hard for me because... You see that archetype, that narcissistic, self-absorbed, cheating asshole man that gives mm-hmm. no shit whether you live or die, except if you go fuck someone else, then they lose their shit. Or move on. Yeah, or just move on, yeah. It's just infuriating. There's so many of those men, and it's our society that feeds this toxic masculine idea of how men should be, how they should behave. And that's something my baby daddy talks to me about too. He's, yeah, I was raised by a really toxic masculine man who was the youngest of 11. Just old ways of thinking that don't keep up here Mm -hmm. in the future. And he's learning that the hard way. He really loved this girl that he dated after me. And she took him to court for a restraining order because of how he was acting. Just same fucking way he was with me. And that was validating, unfortunate for her, but validating for me, we were able to share stories and validate each other because mm-hmm. he just will try to be like, you're crazy. We're just having issues. We're just not getting along right now. That's what mm-hmm. he would say. And I'm like, you're literally sticking your dick in other women. We're not getting along, my ass. So that's your excuse. I had to really put him in his place in my head. That's mm-hmm. the only way I could get past it. Yeah. And if you're being abused, if you are in a situation where you have a medically fragile kid or an autistic kid, ask for help because there are people that will help you. Even if you have to go on a Facebook group, I know it's hard, but do it. Don't let your pride get in the way of helping yourself and your kid. That should be your motivating force. After seeing how he treated me in Phoenix, I reached out to my aunt for legal advice, but honest to god hoping that she would have some type of solution for me and she did and i feel spoiled because <laughs> like i had never gotten anything from my immediate family but this woman who was married into our family saw what i was going through and was like no i definitely look up to her i know that there's a lot of people with medically fragile kids now too not just mentally disabled but with medically fragile kids There's not a lot of resources out there. I'm learning that you have to find community. If you have a medically fragile kid, reach out to me. I haven't found a ton of people. There's not a huge support group for, Mm -hmm. and my son's condition is so rare. It's short bowel syndrome. So it means he's missing part of his GI tract, but he also got it from gastroschisis, which means that he has intestinal failure so the motility is not there it's one of those conditions where i've seen a 13 year old have short bowel syndrome from getting colon cancer and needing part of their colon removed and the treatment for that's different i've yet to find anyone who's on the same level of care as him i know people that are a little worse off they live in seattle but yeah community super important and people will often run away from you when you have a medically fragile kid which is unfortunate, even family. My dad is terrified of his medical stuff. I asked them if they would be willing to learn how to set up his IV. Not a single soul in Portland knows how to set up his IV but me. So for four years, I didn't go one day without being around my kid. 
not a single day or night because at a certain time of night I got to set up the IV and no one but his dad knows how to do it so Mm -hmm. like his dad had to learn how to do that so that's Mm -hmm. been another thing that's been supporting me because now I have the peace of mind and I've been able to get weekends away from him and finally get some of myself back because I died there for a second (laughs) I'm still trying to figure out who the fuck I am what I want to do I'm a hairstylist, but I'm super ambitious. I want to do a lot of other shit. (laughs) So I now I'm in a stable place. I have a stable relationship, a job, a home now. Things are so good and they just get better. You just have to keep believing. Things are always going to be hard, but you can't give up. And yeah, asking for help seems like the end of the world, but it's really not. So people have the means to help and they will, (laughs) even if it's just emotional support. A lot of people can give that. It's free. So, yeah. Just stay strong. Don't let motherfuckers get you down. And I've always said that. <laughs> We're in the healing era for women, yeah. okay? And pe- peoples and of all gender. And it's going to force men to heal, too. Yeah. We are killing toxic masculinity in women and men because it serves none of us, genuinely. If men knew how to process their emotions or cry or show any sense of femininity the world would be a safer sweeter place i think because what 87 percent of murderers are men (laughs) because they can't process those emotions they're not allowed to yeah that's the thing is like that show love is blind if i don't know if you saw the new season Mm, yeah but jackie from love is blind with marshall that's a prime example she has her own issues whatever but that is a woman that upholds the toxic masculine values 100 percent. when a man shows that he's sweet or kind and i'm guilty of that too i will be honest my boyfriend is so fucking sweet to the point where sometimes i'm like come on man up pick Mm -hmm. me up throw me around but then i'm like god i'm so toxic why do i want that i don't want someone to abuse me but i do yeah and that's something that's super important to work on and kill in yourself as a, because we're like down with the patriarchy fuck toxic masculinity yet we're like i want me a big boy yeah i want him to be mean to everyone but me yeah or say you fuck wanna... you to every girl he ever comes across no dude we want a lover boy yeah we, we want, want a, a sweet love... boy yes. the golden retriever boy yeah once you have it it is hard to adjust i've had moments where i'm like this doesn't feel safe. I'm not being abused. What's going on? But I check in with him. That's something yeah. I've never done. I'm like, oh my God, I can use my words to talk to people mm-hmm. and communicate my emotions. Yeah. And there's someone who can validate it. Mm-hmm. Someone with a secure attachment style that's, hey, I'm here. If you mm-hmm. need to talk about some shit, just talk about it. It's no biggie. I will always be here. And that's super important. Yeah. With my mom, with my baby daddy, with all these abusive people that I've been with, even girls. I almost end up in the hospital from getting my ass beat from one of my ex-girlfriends. <laughs> it's not just guys that are yeah. abusive and have terrible coping skills. I'm not perfect, but violence is a huge pattern in my relationship history. And I don't ever want to see violence ever again. <laughs> like, I want love only. Yeah, love only. I don't give a fuck if you're tough or want to puff your chest i don't like that i used to go toe-to-toe with guys like that oh me too <laughs> it's I, a kink of mine yeah i like putting men in their place it's like, <laughs> it this fire inside of me i never could stand up to my abuser in my childhood so i'm doing it now when you do it sometimes it's just sometimes like i feel guilty I'm like yeah you can't justify it you i know do, 
and that's another topic too like you can you don't need to heal outside of relationships necessarily i think that you can heal in relationships and friendship and community like what you've been saying is so healing and the more that you experience that you create a beautiful Mm -hmm. world and space for others but yeah man people can totally be a lesson yeah that's the thing with my son's father we both were damaged as fuck i'm no angel i am no saint I have exes that probably call me abusive. I will be blunt about that. But that's what made me look in the mirror and be like, okay, I'm not a victim. I had something bad happen to me. I made a bad decision and I'm suffering the consequences, unfortunately. I jumped into a relationship out of just being sexually attracted to somebody and had a kid with them. It was all so fast and sudden. And now that I'm older... I'm not even old. I'm 29. But like older, I'm realizing you can move past from some really horrific shit and you can forgive. And people are not black and white. All people are inherently good. Mm -hmm. They really are. They all want to be good. Full circle. Exactly. (laughs) Even murderers. Like for real. Everybody gets to a moment where they get into a fork in the road and they can Mm -hmm. make a decision. And Trauma affects that, obviously. (laughs) We live in a really broken society, especially Mm -hmm. in America. You can't blame people for their behavior. You have to look at their past and figure out, okay, why are they acting like this? It gives you the power, honestly, Mm -hmm. in any abusive relationship. Because let me get to know your mommy and your daddy for a second. Let's talk about that. (laughs) I'm not a therapist, but (laughs) I know a pattern when I see one. So... It's it becomes easier and easier to avoid. Mm-hmm. As you get older, you start to see it even in friends, mm-hmm. even in coworkers. I do not fuck with you. Like your energy, my energy, no. Yeah. And that's something I've learned. People will say you're toxic for that. <laughs> it's not toxic. It's really not. It's not hurting anybody but them. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why do you care? I don't like you. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if you know that or not. I just don't like you. I don't fuck with you. And I think we are better off living lives separately. Yeah. And that's completely valid. <laughs> yeah. Like the world is so big. Yeah. We do not need to be next to each other. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's why I went no contact with my baby daddy when he decided not to pay child support or move when we had free child care mm-hmm. too. That was mind blowing to me. So I went no contact. I was like, why the fuck am I going to reward this behavior you're gonna have me bring your kid into the world alone and raise him alone you're not gonna help me at all but you want to see him grow up over the phone no that's not he wanted to like visit every other week or something or no every four months i think it wasn't every other week it was every four months because he lived in arizona still i put up with so much shit with him my whole family hates him everyone hates him and it's valid I want people to like him, but it's only for Johnny's sake. That's it. He's so narcissistic, but he's so smart. So leaving my son with him is honestly not as scary as I thought it would be because I see how much of an interest and genuine care that he has in making sure that he's good. Because he told me, I remember my parents' divorce at Johnny's age right now, and it fucked me up. And the fact that they couldn't get along, his parents, same, couldn't be in the same room. 
He's just, I'm scared. I don't want that to be our dynamic. Mm -hmm. I want to get along. He acknowledged that he was a cheater. He acknowledged a lot of good things. And it was unfortunate because it was only after this other girl broke his heart. And I was like, damn, part of my ego is like kind of hurt. Me having your kid and your kid being sick and all of this shit didn't make you want to shape up a little bit. Really? Come on, dude. So that was a little bittersweet, but I'll take what I can fucking get. An apology is an apology. You don't have to accept it. I could sit there and let what he did eat me up and define me and define my relationships, but what is that going to do for me? Literally nothing. And if anything, it's going to make my son resent me because I'm going to grow up angry as fuck and I'm raising him. And it's just, you got to pick your battles. Enough time has gone by to where that wound is now beyond scabbed over. It's like... Still a little tender to the touch, but it's not gonna bleed anymore. So I'm satisfied with the outcome. It's like raising a kid. Women are just so much more oppressed than men in general. We go through so much more systematic trauma, especially women of color. We don't even get into that. Being a woman or a woman identifying person, even a trans woman, especially trans women, we experience so much more discrimination than any man and it's so exhausting in any country you look at women are always fighting to be human and it's just reflected in society it's reflected in men's behavior and how they treat women we have to put our foot down at some point and people want to call me a feminazi but i'm pretty hardcore feminist and feminism is not just for women it's for all fucking people it's everybody involved guys don't see that because it just really doesn't affect them when something doesn't directly affect you it's hard for you to empathize sometimes if you're an asshole especially i love the culture that we have now and gen z calling that shit out i don't even care i'm like i'm so done with abusive people i'm basically a hermit yeah i'm like an old lady i hang out with literally old ladies now the year of peace it's the time of peace Mm -hmm. we don't want pain we want love Mm -hmm. peace happiness abundance yeah growing our own food all everything yeah yeah i'm learning how to garden i know it's actually like working out a little bit i know it's my first year of really like balls to the wall trying even bought fertilizer like really good fertilizer i know i'm excited for you i know hopefully i'll have enough to share (laughs) i'm gonna make that whole yard a garden we'll we'll make it a community garden planting berries and all the things going back into our villager times yeah i'm big on that right now. no me too hairstyling is i'm so glad i got into it because holy shit like i can trade for anything and it's like i've traded for botox that, yeah. yeah this is fucking dope i have yet to find a tattoo artist so shout out any tattoo artists in portland yeah. hey Let us know. <laughs> i need to do this arm thank you so much for coming on and getting vulnerable with us i really appreciate you so much <laughs> you're and so welcome it was I awesome it. where can people find you you can find my hair page at asha's chair on instagram personal page is future dead bruja yeah Hit me up if you want to connect, if you have any medically fragile kiddos. I know a lot about that. If you need support or advice, let me know. Or if you need advice on narcissistic abuse, my darlings. <laughs> it's my expertise. <laughs> Mine too. Until next time, I love you. Bye. bye.